This morning we read from Amos. I would like to go back there. I'm going to skip over a ways. I'm comparing America to Israel. Amos chapter 6. I've got this thing divided up this way. The first three verses of chapter 6 speak of Israel. When we talk about Israel, some of you Bible scholars, the northern nation is Israel, right? And what's the southern nation called? Huh? And so, uh, Amos is a prophet to the northern nation. It's going to go into captivity within 50 years of this prophecy. But read these first three verses with me. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Casual about the house of God. And trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. And he talks about these other nations in verse 2. And then he said, Ye that put far away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near. What they're saying is, we're fat and full and happy. We are It's a time of national pride for Israel. And and then in verse 4, it's a time of prosperity. They that lie on beds of ivory stretch themselves on their couches, eat lambs out of the flock, calves out of the midst of the stall, and a time of entertainment that chant to the sound of the viol and invent to themselves instruments of music like David, and a time of drunkenness that drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves. It's a body worship time with the chief anointments, and they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. They're they're no longer concerned about the status of the nation before God. They're apathetic in their attitude. Therefore now shall they go captive in the first, with the first that go captive, and the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be removed. And the Lord God has sworn by himself, saith the Lord God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore I, will I deliver up the city with all that is therein. Let's pray. Father, I ask you, Lord, to have your way with us now and direct all we do and say here, please just help us to come into your presence uh, with, with an humble heart to seek your face and, Lord, to allow you to speak to our hearts and then, Lord, that we would add here what it is that you give us out of the Word of God. Thank you for Jesus, and thank you for loving us. In his name I pray, amen. So we've come past, I'm not going to go back into the history just to say, I named off some men that we've had in our history this morning. Israel could go back and do that. They had an Abraham, an Isaac, a Jacob, a Moses, a Joshua, they had people they could, they could call up that had stood, stood uh, for God and, and brought them to, to the place. God's hand had been on Israel, no doubt about that. If you, take, if you just read the book of Joshua, they never lost a battle. When they followed God, he took them, he took them south and he took them north. And there was not one defeat. It's a, that whole... Uh, book of Joshua. But then you move into Judges and that generation that moved away from God and did not know God. And Judges is a disaster. And uh, so uh, 
Now Israel has, Samuel said, they got a king like all the other nations. But verse 3 says there's no reliance on God. You put away, you put far away the evil day. You think it's never going to be a judgment day. And, uh, and, and, and when you push it away, when you say, no, it'll never happen, just it's coming that much closer. When you say no to God's word, you're hastening the action of God against you. For, and I noticed this, I noticed this uh, uh, verse 8. The Lord God has sworn by himself, uh, and he saith, and saith the Lord God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore will I deliver up the city with all that is therein. This morning we talked about all those days and blessings of God on America. Some of us, some of you are just like me. I mean, we came out, we were nobodies. We came from nowhere. We have no pedigree, no, uh, no great inheritance in our family, but we found Jesus. And he becomes the rock of our salvation. I think it's Dottie Rambo that wrote the song and said, I was going down for the last time and no one heard my cry. But I thank God that he found me just in time. That's a, that's a good description of most of the people sitting in this audience here tonight. In the eyes of the world, we're antiques from another generation we're, we're uh, out of step with reality. Uh, we ha we're not cool in any respect. We're just uh, a little bit old-fashioned. And I, I had a guy laugh at me about my Bible yesterday as we were handing out Bibles. But, you know, God's in charge. And he said, my Bible, this Bible is so far advanced of your Bible. But let me ask you this. This Bible came off of God's protected text. I mean, those scribes sweated it out and guarded it in the Old Testament. It's called the received text. God's people received the word of God with this text. Somewhere, somewhere just after uh, Jesus, somewhere in the three, four, five hundred, Bruce tell you all the details. They went through the garbage cans and found two old texts that were thrown away because they had so many mistakes in them that they would not use them. And they're stored at the Vatican. They become the text for every other Bible except this King James Bible. And he said, but mine is very much improved. There's been a lot of great changes since 1611. How do you improve it if it's rotten at the start? And all the improvements won't fix it. You understand what I'm saying? We have the Word of God. I've got, I've got some literature if you want it. Bruce got more than I got. He's tracked it backwards and forwards. And he ought to be giving you this testimony, but I'm here, so. So we ought to guard our Bible. I do not apologize 
for the old King James language. I don't apologize for it. In fact, sometimes I glory in it. You know, they could say more in that day with a sentence than we can say with our modern words. And God gave us the Bible. We have the Word of God. Last week I preached on what Paul, Paul preached the gospel. He said it's the gospel that is the power of God and the wisdom of God. You can get a smart aleck Bible that leaves out the power of God and the wisdom of God and is put together by some educated person. But I'll take the word of God as God gave it. Holy men of God were moved by the Holy Ghost of God and gave us this word. Well, all that says is that there ought to be a special place of reverence in every one of our hearts for the word of God. You guys, he handed y'all those little things a while ago. Let me see that to you, right? I'll get back to you. They got these. On the pages of this thing is the Word of God. What it says about salvation is the Word of God. It's not, this is not Metropolitan Baptist recipe for being saved. And that's what I tried to get across to that fellow yesterday. We're giving people the true Word of God. And... And giving them a recipe for salvation off of the Word of God. Here you go, boys. And, but, but look here. I abhor the excellency of Jacob and hate his palaces. What he said was, I liked you better, Jacob, when we were just coming out of the when, you were, when I was pulling you out of the mud and setting your feet on a rock. I liked you better when it was just me and you, Abraham, and we could talk with the stars out, uh, over our heads. I liked it better when you understood. And remember when Jacob, you remember when Abraham in chapter number, I think it's uh, chapter 22 or so of, uh, after God had called Abraham and he went out, Expecting that seed of promise, and all the way down till he was a hundred years old, finally there was a seed of promise. And then in chapter 22, he came to Abraham and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham reported, Yes, sir, here I am. I'm here. What he said was, Whatever you want, that's what I want to do. He said, And God said, I don't want your herds, I don't want your flocks, I don't want your tents, I don't want all your good stuff that you've accumulated, I don't want your money, I want your Isaac. And Abraham, no doubt, must have took a deep, yes sir Lord, you're the Lord, you gave him to me and He's yours. And so they loaded up and went to the mountain. But here's a people that have been blessed. If you read those verses, they've been blessed. If they are a, here's in chapter six, the first oh nine or so verses, they're a picture of exactly where we are. Over over in uh, Revelation. Uh, chapter number three. I can't follow my outline. I just have to get out of the outline. But uh, Revelation chapter three, verse number fourteen is the letter to the Laodicean church. Do you remember them? They said, "He said to them, I know thy works." He says that seven times to seven churches in chapter two and chapter three. He says that to our hearts tonight, I know your works. I know where your heart is. I know know what your attitude is toward the Word of God. I know how you respond 
to the Word of God. I know how you live in your life. I know where you're at, America. I know where you are. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. He said, why would he say, I wish you was cold? I'll tell you why. That guy who knows he's a sinner, that guy who knows that he does not have God, is an easier target for the grace of God than you and me who are half in and half out, one foot in, one foot out. We're living halfway for the Lord, but we're not totally committed. He understands that principle. Well, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm better than old so-and-so, my next-door neighbor. I'm better than that, that bunch that's running to the joints. I'm a I'm pretty good guy. So then, because you're lukewarm, and because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. What he says, what he's saying to that 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 Laodicean church is, is the church of apostasy. The the folks that have turned are beginning to turn. There's a step past apostasy, and that's apathy, total unconcern. The apostate, here's the word of God. He may be able to quote a few verses for you, but he's not doing the word of God. He's going to do whatever his heart says do. And that describes most Christians in America. We'll go and hear it. We may even say amen to it. But in the bottom line, when we come down to the bottom line, we're going to do what we want to do first. Amen, Brother Wayne. That's good preaching. That's exactly, that's the estate of the Laodicean church. And God says that's the, that Laodicean attitude is the attitude, the end time attitude before he comes back. And I know you've heard somebody say in the last two years, man, all this stuff going on, we've, he's got to be coming pretty quick. Right? What it says is, and, and with that statement goes this, my people are not my people anymore. My people hear my word, but they don't act on my word. My Let's go over to uh, let's go over to uh, Jeremiah. In Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter number two, I believe it is. Yeah, two. Let's, I, I want to read a few verses with you and just work our way through it. What he said in that verse, what he said in verse 8, he said, I hate it. I hate your pride. I hate that pride that separates between me and you. I hate the excellency of your palaces. I hate the show of religion that does not come off your heart. That's what he's saying. Then he, look here. He said, moreover, the word, I'm in chapter 2 of Jeremiah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying. Now we're not talking about the northern kingdom. Now we're talking about Judea. Now we're talking about the southern kingdom. It's two, there, it'll be 200 years between their carrying away, but, but uh, God described it as two sisters. And he said, little sister went away into sin and got trapped in sin. And now big sister's following little sister into sin. And so he said, thus saith the Lord, 
I remember thee. He's saying this to Jerusalem. I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou went after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend, evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. What he said was, I love you, Israel. I love you more than all the nations of the world. I've, you, are the, you are the apple of my eye. He says, I've wrote you on, on, on the palm of my hand. I know you, Israel. I love you. He says that to every individual he saves. We're saved by his love. We're drawn by his love. And we're kept by his love. Then he says this, verse 4. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob. And all the families of the house of Israel. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, America. Hey, America. This land of the free, home of the brave. We who have who've, who've been up and down and, and stood for God. We've been the nation that... French reporter came to America in the early 1800s to find out what was the greatness of America. And he said the greatness of America is their pulpits. It's the righteousness of America that makes it great. And he said when America is no longer righteous, they'll no longer be great. In my lifetime... In my lifetime, we've removed God from the schools. In my lifetime, we've, we, we've had uh, how many years, Brother John, of abortion? And there's 63 million dead babies that we're accountable for. In my lifetime, the homosexuals have come out of the closet and now walk the streets and parade themselves and and take the and that and here here's well I'm not gonna I'm not telling you anything you don't know already but they have invaded our school system. And and they're they're teaching their poison in our school systems. See sin always progresses and gets worse. Now men have men, women have women, but now they want your kids. And they'll take them if they can. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, what iniquity of your fathers found in me. They're gone far from me. They've walked in vanity and become vain. Neither said they, where's the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt that led through the wilderness? I just read this week that, uh, what's the other New England school, Yale and, huh? Harvard. Harvard was a school that was, a religious school that was started to prepare preachers to carry the gospel into this. This week, Harvard University elected a, not an apostate, but they elected a, uh, not, not even a agnostic. But they elected an out-and-out unbeliever, an advocate for no God, as the head chaplain of that school. Do you see it? He said, he says here, he says here, your fathers, what iniquity have your fathers found? They're gone far from me. Walked after vanity and become vain. Hey, we came out of World War II. I mean, it was the red, white, and blue. And I mean, there was, there was a, a national pride in America. 
and there was a national uh, humility and honesty in America. What's happened? And neither said they, where's the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt or led us through the wilderness, through the land of the desert and pits, through the land of the drought and the shadow of death, through the land that no man passed and where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit. I got something wrote here. We live in the richest country the world has ever seen. I mean, by God's grace, the resources are gold in the mountains of the west, grain and cattle in the Midwest, coal in the hills of the east, oil fields of the south, farms, mines, ranches. And by God's grace, the Industrial Revolution has brought us to a place. I mean, automobile, airplanes, rockets, uh, Mouse traps, BBs, mixed masters, bombs, tractors, chemical plants, nuclear power to make us independent. I mean, there's some things that God has done in America. The economics. Every one of you are rich in the eyes of the whole world outside of America. We live like rich people. Uh... Our standard of living, our retirement, our insurance, our wages, our homes are incomparable in anywhere in the world today. We take it for granted. It's always been that way. It'll always be that way. I earned it. I can keep it. Huh? You hear that. I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. And when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest said not, where is the Lord? They that handle the law knew me not. The pastors transgressed against me and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Wherefore will I yet plead with you, saith the Lord. Now look at this. After everything they did against God, he turns back to the merciful God that he is. Verse number 9. Wherefore will I, what kind of pleading could I do that would win you, he says. How could I plead more? What kind, I'm looking for an opportunity to give you grace. You understand this? We're here by the grace of God. He, this day is ours by the grace of God. This Bible is ours by the grace of God. We came in here to worship God today by His grace. He's here. And He's pleading with us. I know we're not the nation. We're just a little particle of, of the nation. And I know there's people here that love Him. But what He's saying to us today, I believe this with all my heart is we need to turn. We need to have revival. We need to come back to a place that He's number one in everything we do. And we need to be the... Philippians 2.15 says that we need to be the light for a wicked, perverse people. Let me ask you this question. If we don't preach him in independent, old-fashioned Baptist churches, where's he going to be preached? Down the street, they got a smart aleck Bible. They can, and they can show off their knowledge of the, of the, of that. But we've got the Word of God. We've got the absolute Word of God. You get it? He saved us with His own Word. He has supplied us the grace to come to this place. That. That, that, I forget how many number of cars go up and down the road out there. I've heard Brother Jim tell it two or three times. I still don't know it. I can't count that high. But you know what? Their only hope is somebody like us that will preach it. Our, our city. The only hope of this city is that we can have revival and the light will blow out of this building and the lighthouse would be 
would be lit up with the gospel of God. Don't get ashamed of your Bible. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul said. Brother uh, Daniel gave us that message. Don't get ashamed of the gospel. Get, get the word out. Get the word. Hey, God's still God. And we still belong to Him. He said, I don't know how to plead with you anymore. I'm looking for an opportunity. Hath, verse 11. Has a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my, my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Look around us. I mean, people fought and bled and died so that flag could fly. And look around us what's going on in America today. It's purchased by God's grace. Look around at what we've got. Look at the filthy lifestyle that is flaunted around us. Look at the filthy music, the filthy hundred other things, the movies, the CDs, DVDs, all of the stuff that, hey, I, it was brought home to me the other day. You can open up your phone. The pornography's there. You ought to be very careful you hand the phone to one of these young people. You ought to be very careful how you hand that phone over. There's filth on that thing. There is absolute garbage on it. <clears throat> My people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. That's really the message for this National Independence Day in America. The Laodicean church was saying, we're fat and full, we don't have need of anything. Israel was saying, we're fat and full, we don't need you anymore, God. We're sitting over here in the, on the Mount of Samaria, we've got it made. And he says, oh no. No, you need me. You just don't know you need me. You haven't you, it, the, look at it. Verse 12. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, the substitute for God that'll hold no water. Down in verse number 19. Thine own wickedness this is the cost of sin. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee. Thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it's an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God. And that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. <sighs> And he gives, he gives you a whole chapter on that. If you want to know more about it, we'll come to the, come to the next lessons at the Bible college. We'll cover Jeremiah. What he was preaching it, Paul said, these are lessons that are given for our learning on whom the end of the world has come. It's a lesson we need to learn. Hey, just because I've got my name on the roll at Metropolitan Baptist Church, just because I've been baptized, just because, just because of a yesterday experience, that doesn't buy me anything. I need God today. I need the presence of God 
today. I cannot ignore his leadership, his, his uh, love, his, his uh, mercy, his grace. I can't ignore. I've got to have him to go forward in my life. We'll all fail. There's always failures over there in Proverbs. He said, uh, said you can fall seven times and get up and go again. The, the righteous man. But you, every time you fall, you need God. Every time you, every time you stumble, you need God. And you can't make it on your own. So, 7.14, if my people, we can, we can throw rocks at that bunch out there. We can criticize everything, every headline we get in the paper. We can talk about the crowd that has went away from God and lived so wickedly. But we're the ones who need Him. If my people called by my name will humble themselves. He said, I hate that pride. I hate the pride of Israel. I hate the pride that builds that castle. Sometimes you ought to go down that hall there by, the, by uh, Michelle's and just look at that chart a little bit at the mistakes that men made. That Tower of Babel quarter mile each way for the base of it. And it goes half a mile or so in the air. And they said, we're bigger than God. God scrambled their eggs for them. And, and we've been trying to unscramble ever since, right? We're not bigger. We need him. I was reading I was reading the other day about uh, that song God Bless America Irving Berlin wrote it in 1918 stuck it in a shelf and laid there for 20 years 1938 Hitler was building up the dark forces of the world and Irving Berlin pulled it out of the drawer and put it on the record players and radios of America. And this nation, he, Irving Berlin called it a prayer to the Lord. But when she sung it, it wasn't... It's, you know, half the, half the country's singing, God bless America, land that I love. But it, it's not a prayer until somebody's heart gets in, until there's somebody humbled. Somebody seeks his face. Somebody turns from wicked ways. It's not a prayer till then, it's just a, words on a paper. But it turned our country and prepared our country. I've got a one here. I've got a whole much more to say, but I'm going to skip. I think I'm where I need to be. What's the hope for America? It's in the promise of God. It's in the people of God. And it's in the preaching of God. That's the only hope. He said, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Jeremiah says over in Lamentation, that ground is that crown has fallen. You were crowned with that great crown. You were really something. God did something, but the crown's fallen from your head. I don't know who wrote this, but I've got it here and I reread it a couple of times in the last two days.
And the porn says, Lord, teach America to pray. And as her flag unfurls on high, its starry splendor in the sky, may we bow in grateful thanks to Thee who gave us this land so free. Preserve our freedom in Thy way. Lord, teach America to pray. May our good land be true and just. May her motto ever be, in God we trust. May she be guided by Thy word. Thy wisdom in her halls be heard. May all who love her plead today, Lord, teach America to pray. The fireworks will go off. Some of them are going off right now, I imagine, or will be in just a few minutes. They'll be going off tomorrow. The celebration will be going on. I can't help but remember the national sports leagues that said we won't bow a knee to pray. And we won't stand in honor of our flag. I'm sorry, but I've turned them off. I don't support them in any way. Jerry and all the rest of them. You can do what you want to with it. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying my attention needs to be focused on him. You know, the bowling league, the little league, the the high school league, and about all the other leagues seem to take the preeminence over God himself. Soccer has become the game, the new game of America. It's played on the weekends, on Sundays. And takes people out of church. Y'all getting it? Lord, teach America to pray. Bring us back to a place of humbling our hearts and turning ourselves to the preeminence of God Himself. We lose Him, we've lost it all. The great priority is the preaching of the gospel to a lost world. We can't do that out of empty hearts. We'll have to be in tune with Him if we do that. This church, the whole walking order of the church is going to preach in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. That's our, that's our walking order. Preach the gospel to every creature. If we do that, first of all, we've got to have a heart full of that gospel. We've got to have the touch and anointing of God if we live, hey, in your daily life, you've got to have a touch and anointing of God if you live for God tomorrow. It's a must. It's not for pulpit pulpiteers. It's for it's for the people of God who live under the admonishing of the Word of God to the glory of God that folks may see the light of God and be saved. We first have got to have him in our hearts. He said, I hate your, hate your pride. I hate your self-esteem. But I'll love you if you'll just humble yourself. Bow before me. Let's stand, heads are bowed. 
I believe I'm going to get down here in the altar and pray. I pray. I just ask you, if God would move you, if you can get in the altar, get in the altar. If you need to pray where you are, pray. We're going to have a season of prayer. Would you pray? Teach America to pray. It begins with us. We need Him. We need something only He can do. Five hundred and thirty four.
I'm sure there's somebody here that you can't get a hold of God because God is not your father. And you just need help from God. You need to be saved. If that's you, would you come? I'll take the word of God. We got men that can take the word of God, show you exactly how to be saved. You don't have to leave here without him. This verse is for you. God's speaking to your heart for salvation or for anything else. Why don't you get it right with him? Get in tune with him. Always always sing this verse. John's going to close us and then you be seated. Brother Mark wants to speak to us then. I've got some, a matter to speak about. This